attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Price Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone. Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in. You believe the cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, JC Sherbert. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm gonna tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good morning and welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios and of course very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. I am JB, I'm back after a little bit of a vacation last week up in the mountains of North Carolina. JC and Phil, we're all here until one o'clock this afternoon and it feels like we haven't been on the air in a month. Because there's so much that has happened in just the last couple of days, or at least it all culminated into this week with spring practice set to begin tomorrow. Pro day starts in an hour for Carolina football. The baseball, uh, the SEC side of baseball season begins on Friday as South Carolina travels to Athens, Georgia. The women, no shocker here, are the top seed in the tournament. The men's bracket is out. The... Hoops transfer portal is open and a partridge in a pear tree. Um, So we'll try to squeeze it all in over the next couple of hours uh, if we can. Of course, the Nana's chat box, the award-winning Nana's chat box is where all of you can jump in. We'll make you a part of our fun uh, into the early afternoon here. Sinorama is the preferred partner of Gamecock Athletics. If you are watching, you can see behind me the Sinorama are a great example of what Sinorama can do for you and pretty much anybody else, especially if you win a national championship. They'll hang banners, but they're all over the University of South Carolina's athletics department, and that is why they are the preferred partners of the Gamecocks because they're excellent at what they do. Gamecock, owned and operated, design, production, install, and service. Sinorama.com, anything. If you can dream it when it comes to the sign industry, they can do it. And they can do it on the juice as well. 803-407-9284. The juice, by the way, is steroids. For any of those wondering, that's my baseball reference uh, to kick the day off. But um, glad to be back and uh, appreciate everybody uh, Appreciate everybody hanging in there uh, while, while these two, you know, they, they've never done this before. It's not like they knew how to run a show while I was gone, for God's sakes. 
but totally uh, glad amateur to be back. hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely amateur hour. No. We managed, uh, and, and you, you poked your head in on Thursday, so that was good uh, with uh, the Mark yeah. Kingston interview. And, uh, good to see the mountain view and the, the beautiful uh, uh, Maggie Valley setting that you had there. That was, uh, that yeah, was our, amazing. But, um, we're very blessed because our family's got a house up there, so we get to go up often, and uh, it's it's – certainly home away from home there's no doubt about that but um what a week for the Gamecocks guys there's a lot of stuff going on and uh JC I'm, I'm a, I know we have Keith Alsep coming up today at noon as well so he'll be heavy yeah. into the basketball stuff um I'm excited to, I haven't talked to y'all really at all over the last couple of days I'm excited to pick your to pick y'all's brain on football um you know because um yeah, while baseball, you know, moving up in the rankings, there's a lot of good things going on there, although I've got a number that's going to really devast- hurt some feelings in a little bit. Um, uh, and what the wait- ladies are doing, um, you know, maybe some good stuff coming in the portal for men's hoops and things like that. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement around Carolina football. And, sure, I mean – JC, I, you know, how about this? Let me, let me, let me, let me ask it this way. If you could describe the 2023 spring practice month or season, if you will, for Gamecock football in one word, how, what, what would you, what would you use? Do you have one word? I know one you're a wordy word. guy, but one word. Personnel. How about you, Phil? Oh, it's interesting. I was going to use another P word: positions. <laughs> I think we're all in the same. I think we're all in the same group then, because I I, I would use competition. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm I'm. Can y'all remember a a spring where there was so much known and so much unknown? However, it all collided into what we think is going to be a very competitive four weeks of football. Uh, not, not in a while, because usually, I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and, and blow sunshine about every single position, because uh, there are some question marks, namely running back and edge, uh, I think, um, uh, as far as, uh, like, who are the players going to be? You know, I mean, they're thin. Let's just admit it. They're thin at those spots. That can be shored up through the portal and also through players stepping up during the spring and development and experimenting and all those things you do during the spring, but at other spots, I mean, there's more competition than maybe, uh, maybe there has been in the past. I mean, uh, what I like about it from just a following it standpoint, guys, is that there's, there's positions up for grabs, but it's not like who is our number one guy going to be at a lot of spots. Um, you know, yes, you, you have to replace, Jalen Brooks, who, by the way, shockingly only ran 4-7 at the Combine, uh, but they did mention he was a long strider. Um, I I think sometimes your speed in a straight line uh, gets overblown as a receiver, and he's big, and he he runs good routes, and when he wants to, he has good hands, right? Uh, He he did drop a couple on his back this year, but uh, uh, I thought he had a real – oh, Jalen Brooks, you know, on, on the football field, Think about how many of those slow developing reverses they, they ran that they ran it what three times and it worked all three times. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that's not a slow guy, right? The, if, you're, if you're if you're taking that long, I mean, that, that's not a slow guy. But you know, 
Brooks and Van both, I, I felt in the bowl game that they sort of missed those guys. Then Juice Wells got banged up. So it's basically the Xavier and, – and Nate Atkins got banged up. It's basically the Xavier Leggett show um, receiver-wise, and I think I think that hurt them. And they got one-dimensional, and then they didn't have their weapons uh, to go be one-dimensional. Uh, yeah, Brooks and Van were important because you, you think about it, like how did Juice Wells have such a big game against Clemson and Tennessee? Because you can't double him when – You've got uh, Brooks making plays and Van making plays and Nate Atkins making plays and whoever else at tight end, Jaheim Bell making plays, whatever. Um, so, yeah, you got to find two guys. Is that going to be Amari and Brown? How how much better can Leggett get, get between now and next season? Um, what about Eddie Lewis coming in from Memphis? Landon Sampson, Omega Blake, uh, Kyla Horton, uh, some of the walk-ons like DJ Black that they like. You know, so so that's interesting, but it's not as like it doesn't make your stomach turn because you know you've got a number one receiver sitting there, Juice Wells, right? Your number right. one guy's there, and then yeah, you, you know Xavier was probably what four, and he was two in the bowl game, so you got a, a between four and two coming back, who's I think going into his fourth fourth fifth year in Xavier Leggett. Um, you got a guy that was productive at Memphis and Rutgers coming in, and Eddie Lewis, who's also a punt returner, which is what Josh Fan was doing. Um, so it's more of a fun, let's figure out who separates kind of situation there. Same with tight end. You lost all your guys, but Jody Wright and company completely flipped the room. Right. Uh, and so you got a guy that's been an SEC starter in Trey Knox for two years. You got a guy, Josh Simon, that was a Mackey award candidate at Western Kentucky. His numbers aren't going to blow you away because, uh, they were a pure air raid offense. Now he's. I think he had seven touchdowns, or one of them had seven touchdown receptions last year. I think it may have been Knox, but one of the they combined for like eleven touchdown receptions last year. Nick Elksness warmed my heart. To, the kid coming in from Florida, the tight end, warmed my heart to saying him saying, "Oh, I'm going to block. That's my job's to block." He's six six, two hundred fifty five pounds. Yeah, um, and, and said, I think unlike that too. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of a. Let's just say he's school. fired up to to play the Gators next year, right? Oh shoot! Do you, do, do you have any what what like? Is there any any context to those comments or anybody? I haven't heard anything. I, I don't think I I think if you look at their tight end room, Florida had just as much attrition as South Carolina. And and here's the thing: in, in Mullen's offense, they use these tight end H back type guys pretty effectively, and it culminated with Kyle Pitts, right? We all saw what Kyle Pitts did. Well, you know, he had uh, – who, who's the guy? The zipperer, Keon Zipperer uh, in 2021 is pretty good uh, at that kind of spot. Napier's offense doesn't really use a guy like that. Their tight ends basically block. Um, every now and then, you know, they'll throw a guy. Who, who was the guy? Was it Michael Palmer at Clemson in 09 that they used pretty effectively throwing the ball? But unless they have a special one, because Michael Palmer was pretty special that year for the Tigers, uh, that, that offense isn't really designed to do that with Napier, so you don't get as many opportunities. Elksness also was a guy that sometimes when players flip late and they decide to stay home, uh, especially at a place like Florida where, you know, you sort of almost, because there's so many players in that state, you almost feel obligated if one of the big three wants you to stay. He was all set for Penn State. And then flipped, and so you know, I I think that like the con the change at Florida, he, he was thinking he was going to go there and you know play behind Kyle Pitts and, and be the next guy, right? But uh, 
turns out he wasn't. <laughs> so, um, so there you go. Uh, and so I think that's the context there. And he, I just don't think he had a very good experience at the university of Florida and is now, um, Heading back to uh, heading to South Carolina, and we'll see what he can do. Another another kid from Jacksonville that plays tight end. Connor Cox coming in from Jacksonville too. Of course, Hayden Hurst is also from Jacksonville. So uh, there's some precedent <laughs> there. Uh, I think so was Mike Triglia, but Triglia yeah. Trig didn't really play all that. Mike, Mike but, Triglia, uh, yeah, Mike, Mike Triglia didn't play all that. But anyway, uh, so so there you go with that. Uh, you know, in the, uh, the you know the defensive backfield. Sure, I've got questions. Like who? Uh, I, I think. You know, from what I'm told, Emanuari and DQ Smith are going to be starting safeties. But, you know, you did lose two corners. Uh, Marcellus Dial is a player that can – if he can take another step this year, because I do think he took a step last year, he could be good on one side. O'Donnell Fortune, who uh, JB kind of scooped everybody uh, before the Gator Bowl and was like, O'Donnell Fortune, look out for him. And all of a sudden, 100-yard pick six later, and everybody's like, oh, O'Donnell Fortune, <laughs> look out for that guy. I mean, uh, I knew that was coming. You know, I already had a scoop on that. They were going to throw it right to him in the end zone. Yeah, you got a uh, Kawan Banks, who I think could be good. Emory Floyd ran track this year. He's a speedy guy. Uh, of course, it's unfortunate Anthony Rose isn't there. I think he would be competing um, for a starting job. Uh, if not, uh, you know, and so you got some. David Spalding is not going to be healthy this spring, but he'll be back. And you know, so so the secondary has a lot of pieces. You just don't know where they're going to fit. So it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, who's young gonna, guys like, like Keenan Nelson, too. Those, yeah. those guys can play. forgot Keenan Nelson. Yeah, it's probably a nickel safety. So the question becomes like who, you know, like a D tackle. We, we pretty much know Boogie and Tonka are going to be the guys. But behind them, is it going to be TJ Sanders and Nick Barrett? Or will we see a DeAndre Martin step up or Jamal Weiss, somebody like that? You know, what? what where exactly is Elijah Davis going to play? If he is indeed 260 pounds. So, uh, you know, is Pup Howard, I mean, Brian, J- Brad Johnson's spot's open. You know, it, it, Pup Howard is a similar guy. Yeah. Can he win it? Will Debo Williams hold on to it? Will Bam Martin Scott make him? I mean, you know, so, so it's one of these things, guys, where there's a lot of questions, but to be answered, but it's not like, oh my God, who's the starting quarterback going to be? These guys are not very good. <laughs> you know, it, it's more of a, uh, if you're like a roster aficionado, which most people that follow recruiting and stuff are, you know, th- those are the, you kind of get excited about that because it's, it's not as pressing as say if everybody walked out the door and, and you're relying on a bunch of first year guys or freshmen or whatever. Yeah. Phil, think about this for a second. How, how everybody think about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm pointing this right at you, Phil. Think if Spencer Rattler don't involve Juice Wells in this conversation at all. If Spencer Rattler had departed for the NFL draft with the knowing that Carolina lost three starters on the offensive line, although they return a bunch of guys who started games, but knowing that they lost three starters on the offensive line, had to flip the tight end room. So while there are some knowns in there, we've we've seen these guys play in other uniforms. We haven't seen them play here. You got a brand new offensive coordinator who hadn't called plays at the collegiate level. And then you've lost all these running backs. And right now, I think you'd probably say that Mario Anderson Jr. is your number one guy, more than likely. So if if Rattler had left for the NFL, how much different would it feel go walking into spring practice this week versus him staying? The conversation would be so much more lopsided because it would all be offense, offense, offense. I mean, you're going to be who, which quarterback, you know, 
throws the deepest ball and then everybody's going to overhype the spring game and the performances in there. I mean, we've seen it all before. It was like, man, did you see what he did in spring? And next thing you know, he's not the guy. You know, it's somebody else is taking the yeah. first snap, <laughs> you know, because that brief little snippet you get is only exactly that, just a brief little snippet. So uh, we're fortunate to have that position, one that is settled in quarterback. Um, and I think it says a lot about logins as well as the faith and trust Rattler has in the whole, you know, <laughs> the whole coaching staff and being able to reassemble the offensive line to something that he's going to be effective behind. I, I think it just proves how important it is to have a really good quarterback. Yeah. It, it, especially for, for people like, like us, you know, the fans were the outside looking in. Um, yeah. I mean, sure guys, we, you know, we have some access to inside the program, but we're all still fans. We, we, we're not there every day. You know, so we, we have a, we have a top-down lens, right? We're, we're looking from the outside in. And when you walk into spring practice or you walk into fall camp and you don't have an established signal caller, there's always an, an extra sense of, of, of fear, maybe. Kind of like, you know, JC's special teams fear. You just can't <laughs> shake it. Um, but when you come in... Yeah, like when you come in with a guy like a Rattler or, you know, your, your quarterback, you've got your – whoever you are, wherever, whatever school it is, you've got your quarterback. Yes, there are other things to talk about, like what like what we're going to be talking about, the, the depth at running back and lo looking to see how that group kind of performs, especially now that Lavoisier Carroll has had to medically retire from the sport of football. Um, you know, watching to see the – development of the offensive line the the development of the depth at receiver we know it's at the top what's behind it uh you know watching these brand new tight ends a whole a brand new group you know none of these guys have ever played here so we get to see all these cats come out and play so there's a lot of newness going on and while that is all intriguing and it's worth talking about and it's certainly you know worth the comments of where I, you know i really hope we can get this guy going or that guy going there is still a sense of calm because you have a starting quarterback and his name's Spencer yeah. Rattler. So it just changes the whole dynamic, in my opinion, of how you view your football team and program if you've got a guy at that position. Yeah, I think it's why South Carolina's being predicted, what, third in the East. Um, and I think, frankly, most people are picking Tennessee second. I think, frankly, had, had, had Hooker not gotten hurt, and because uh, they were losing that game to Carolina anyway, that wouldn't have erased that score. Uh, no. And Milton not come in, and Milton, I mean, you know, he threw the one big pass against Carolina. So what? That was late. But uh, Vandy, he looked good. Uh, I mean, they mean Vandy's butt fifty six nothing. He looked good against Clemson too. So uh, I think I think I think that's applicable to just about every team if they have a quarterback coming back. That's uh, it's pretty solid, and, and I've seen it happen at other places. You know, when Clemson brought Deshaun Watson or, or Trevor Lawrence back, shoot, I mean, you know, they were they were good to go. Um, same thing with um, Georgia and Stetson Bennett. You know, they had lost a lot from the previous year, but they brought him back, and he was even better. And uh, I think I think Spencer Rattler is going to have a more consistent season. Uh, this year for a number of reasons. Uh, Dowell Loggins and, and that, the new offensive uh, plan being first and foremost. Um, but you also have, you know, playmakers uh, around him. And, you know, some of those guys are, are wait and see. 
But when you got Juice Wells, I mean, and you still have Juju McDowell's there. And you mentioned the offensive line, and that's interesting because Carolina did lose three vets. Uh, Dylan Wanham played a lot of football around here. Jovan Gwynn has played a lot of football around here. Yeah. Um, who, who, who's the third? Oh, Eric Douglas. Eric Douglas center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there once. He was there. He, he kind of 19 like. 19 years. Yeah, yeah, he, he kind of yeah, you know, Doctor Douglas, he, him, him and he, he, him and Wonham came in in uh, yeah, Lou Holtz's first class. Yeah, he signed with the Gamecocks when Fleetwood Mac broke up the first time. Let me right? let me interrupt you real <laughs> yeah. quick. Let me interrupt you interrupt you real quick, JC. I'll let you uh, finish. But Nick asks here. I wonder who are the starting five for O line going into spring. Nick, JC's got a great article on the offensive lineup at thebigspur.com. Not that we're not going to talk about it. Not that we don't appreciate the conversation. We'll certainly address it. Uh, but if you haven't been to the bigspur.com yet, JC's uh, put up a, yeah. a, a bunch of OL stuff this morning. I'd suggest you read. All right, go ahead, yeah. man. Sorry. And, and Carolina had 134 combined starts last year coming back. They have 68 coming back this year, which is still a very high number. And uh, I think Lonnie Teasley has a, you know, unlike, and this is another thing people ask about the O line all the time. And they get mad if you say something positive about them because they, they tend to get off to a slow start. Number one, I think just like with Rattler, the new offense is going to help these guys. Number two, uh, I think a lot of these guys have been around a while. There hadn't been a lot of competition because, you know, you kind of have that core group, and there's there's five of them left in uh, Jalen Nichols, Rashawn Lee, uh, Trey Jones, Tyshawn Wanamaker, and Ja'Kai Moore. There's not a one of those guys that's not at least in their fourth year, sometimes fifth or sixth. Um, and that's what you want. But there hadn't been guys pushing them. So kind of a smart move because people are like, why are they getting portal offensive linemen when you got so many guys returning and you got this good class coming in? Because there's kind of a gap there. And you don't ever want to go into a year where you're just got a bunch of youngsters, no matter how talented they are. Um, so so Talani Teasley could legitimately line it up with these five. Nichols, Lee, Jones, want to make her more. I don't think that's going to happen. because uh, mm-hmm. I, I And I'll tell you, the two spots to watch are offensive tackle, uh, and center because Vershawn Lee could be the center. Nick Gargiulo, the transfer from Yale, could be the center. Uh, Trey Jones could be the center. Um, Grayson Maines is a young guy that's working at center. Uh, and that's an important spot, especially, you know, and nobody, nobody should cringe about the pro, what I'm about to say, but the pro style offense is, you know, you, you got to get in the right call, the protections or whatever. That's still going to happen. That happens in most offenses, though, by the way, pro style or not. Um, you know, so will you start want to make her right tackle where he started a lot and looks pretty good? Uh, but I think we all know his best position is on the inside, just like Ja'Kai Moore is better on the inside. Um, so can Sidney Fugar, and by the way, I, I don't know how I missed this, but I did. Sidney Fugar's got three years of eligibility left. He's just a redshirt sophomore. I didn't know this. Yeah. I, I thought I, th- I could have sworn he was older. But he's Who's not. his roommate? Do you know? They, they they can't put a roommate with him because of, of he, he eats all the groceries. Oh well, I was about to ask. Kind of went down the road. Yeah, I was. <laughs> you went right down the lane. I was I was kind of driving in there because I, I heard he ate He's his last roommate. Boy. He is a big old boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and look, man, what I love about what I've seen out of him physically, just going off the eyeball test, and that didn't tell you everything, obviously, because. Uh, you know, I'm on with Preston Thorne, and, and you, like you are with with Bill Gunner some mornings, and he always talks about Watts Sanderson being like the 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 guy he was kind of afraid to go against because he was just a grown man. Well, Watts kind of had one productive year, and that was it. 
you know? So uh, just because you, you look great doesn't always mean you play great. But uh, And that's no offense to Watts. He was just a developmental guy like a lot. But Fugar, you know, that's going to be interesting. The other interesting part of it will take place after spring. Case and Henry is out with an injury. You know, so can Case and Henry come in and win one of those tackle jobs? Well, okay, well, let's say he does. I don't see a scenario where Jalen Nichols isn't starting at left tackle at the very least right tackle. Cause I, I think Jalen, after moving him around all that much, I think he's proven he's a tackle and he, he could have gotten in the portal and left and probably could have gone to a number of big time programs, but did not. Um, by the way, thank you for all of you for joining Carolina rise. That's unrelated, but just want to thank all of you for that. Uh, you oh, know, no. but, uh, uh, but Jalen, I, I think Jalen's pencil unrelated, in, but that other tackle position, uh, is it going to be Henry? Is it going to be Fugard? Do you play Wanamaker there? Uh, and then all of a sudden you've got like a bloodbath of competition inside. Cause if you got Vershawn Lee, Ja'Kai Moore, Tyshawn Wanamaker, and Trey Jones all battling in there, then that's assuming, you know, Gargiulo may be the center, maybe not. Throw him in there too. Um, and then John Darius Morgan's in his third year. Maybe he takes a step. So what I like about this O-line group and what Lonnie Teasley's done, and I, I'm a, I forgot to mention, Marky Anderson's in early too. Now, he's a freshman. And a freshman offensive line take take time, but hey, if he's better, he's better. Is that there's finally a, 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 at least a core group behind your Wanamakers and Lees and guys that have been around for forever to push them and maximize them. Not to say they didn't work hard and develop and get better because God knows they did, but competition makes everybody better. And, you know, there's more competition on the O-line now than there has been previously. And I think that's a positive sign. It is 11.27 on this Monday, March the 13th. It's a pretty yucky, yucky, cloudy day out there. Reminds me of a place called Illinois. It is home to one J.C. Oh. Sherbert these days. Yeah, uh, plenty snowing of, today. Yeah, well, not here. It's just It just looks like crap outside. But uh, plenty more to come in football. Certainly want to talk about Dow Loggins. We know we'll be talking about him over the next few weeks. Uh, a lot to get to in baseball as well, including a stat that while the main stat for Carolina is, you know, wins and losses is outstanding, there is one that is not good at all, as a matter of fact. So we'll get to that. Keith Alsep is coming up. We've got hoops. Who's going to win the national championship? We know who's going to win it in the women's side, but who's going to win it on the men's side and so much more. Spring practice is teed up by Traveling Country Club. I know it's chilled out today, but the weather has been nice. It will be nice the rest of the week throughout the Palmetto State. And if you're in North Carolina, you're in luck because both of the Carolinas have plenty of courses at TravelingCountryClub.com, over 40 courses right now where you can play. It When I say steeply discounted rates, like unbelievably steeply discounted rates for a low monthly rate to be a member of TravelingCountryClub.com. How about Caledonia up in Myrtle Beach for about 20 bucks? How's that sound? Compared to 100 Sounds pretty good to me. TravelingCountryClub.com. Get yourself into a club like I did. They, they wouldn't let me in the Sons of Anarchy. I've been catching up on Mayans. I know I couldn't get into that one. But this one, they did let me in, and you could join me and so many others across both Carolinas as well. Bring to life your modern golf club experience travelingcountryclub.com we got to hit a quick timeout we'll be right back 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation to discuss a potential backyard retreat for your home. And, of course, the first hour of the show, as always, is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 414 Two seven one eight six four four one four five two seven one is how to get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs. I was just looking; uh, they've got the full roster for spring updated online. Yeah, little had a couple team. notes about it. It wasn't uh, the three suspended guys are not on there. Not listed, yeah. No, no uh, Colin no. Heinrich, who was a backup. Uh, Backup walk-on offensive lineman whose dad played at Carolina. He's not on there for some reason. I don't know the story on that one. But uh, yeah. But other than that, it just kind of looks uh, kind of looks the same. Kind of looks the same as when they updated it for spring a couple days ago. Uh, yeah. All right, ready to get in the chat box. By yeah, the way, Gamecocks are up to 16th in the D1 baseball poll. And mm-hmm. another baseball note: the PC games have moved up to 4 p.m. tomorrow. Um, yes. Judging from the way JB's dressed, I'm assuming it's a little cooler down there than it normally is. And the weather's just kind of yeah. it is. Yeah. Tomorrow, it's tomorrow the week of March. I tell everybody all the time, "What's the weather like down south?" 
Beautiful. Except for there's usually February, you got these teasing days. It's like 70 or 80. And then there's that one daggum week in March. Sometimes it snows. <laughs> but once you get past that, like about second round of the NCAA tournament, you know you're home free to summer. Uh, very rarely. Yeah. Whereas up here, it snowed the first April 15th. I was here during the pandemic. So imagine me. First year up here, I tell time by sports and the weather. It's April 15th, and there's a foot of snow on the ground. And there's no baseball or any, no sports. I would have uh... <laughs> <laughs> red, been, red Rob, Red Rob. I, I would have never unpacked my stuff. I'd have been like, "Okay, <laughs> we're out of here." Hello, darkness. Any, my anybody that wants to hop in the truck, you're free to ride. Yo, not, let's go. Uh, you, uh, you like you, you, Independence you, Day when Will Smith's girlfriend or whatever had that big truck full of people. Yeah. Come on, we're getting yeah. out of here. We're we're going south where there's barbecue <laughs> and sunshine. Uh, by the way, the, you, the, the code you, rules aren't like North Korea. <laughs> you mentioned uh, the Gamecocks being up to uh, to 16th. Uh, LSU stayed at one. Tennessee moved up to two. And um, Florida, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas all moved up. So now Carolina has 15 games against the against five of the top seven teams in the nation. So they will uh, – and they've got North Carolina. Remember, they got the midweek in Charlotte against North Carolina, who's ranked – 18th so they're going to have plenty of opportunities to um well let's just put it this way if you take care of business and all of those series you'll be the number one team in the country okay yeah. like uh this is kind of point blank there's really not a whole lot more to this conversation um i will say this before we get into the chat box let me i i was doing some numbers because carolina they do have the best record in college baseball 16 and 1 is the best record in college baseball and as good as everything has been and they got pc tomorrow a team that beat them last year so they're going to be looking for some revenge there before they go to athens this is not a good number they got to get this figured out this is the one thing that really to me has been concerning their leadoff guys not pinch hitters not late game replacements this the, the guys who are in the lineup Leading off the game, and this year they've tried out Horning, LeCroy, McGillis, and Denny. A combined seven of 64. That is a 109 batting average with 21 strikeouts. Uh, the best of that group is Carson Horning, who's four of 25 on the season, and three of those four came against UMass Lowell. So they got to get that figured out. I don't know what the answer is going to be. But um, but that that's got to be concerning to, to Coach Kingston at this point in time. However, it's about winning games, and they certainly are doing that. Yeah, I think I, my money would probably be on Dylan Brewer if he keeps it up, continuing yeah, getting that he's back, going a little bit. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Evan Stone. I, you know, I don't know if it's realistic to think he's all of a sudden going to turn it around at the plate. But uh, I, I kind of like Evan in the nine hole, to be honest, and, and maybe as a late game defensive replacement if they need it. And uh, they got Caleb Denny there now uh, who who's done some good things, but uh, I well, think Caleb he, probably he, is a second or third guy. I don't he's know. uncomfortable up there. Yeah. His, his, a, his swings too way too long. He's, he's a professional hitter. I like watching him play. He's got to shorten it up. Um, yeah. he, he, he's, he's not comfortable up there. He he's one of 21 with nine strikeouts. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but, but they gotta, 
I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, th- I still think long term Carson Horning's your leadoff guy, and you're just gonna have sure. to plug him in and let him get going there somehow, some way. But Denny, Denny, of all the guys that have been up there, Denny ain't comfortable. He is not comfortable in the leadoff spot. Nanosports chat box award winning. James comes in. BJ Mack, any chance? Now this is uh, BJ Mack is the uh, uh, basketball transfer from Wofford six eight. <laughs> not Mackie. No, not Mackie. Mack. <laughs> BJ Mack. The staffs met with him twice, including the whole staff the other day. I, I don't know. Probably reasonably good shot. He's got a lot of a lot of schools after him. Uh, NIL probably play a factor there, but he's from Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's right down the road. Game has gotten some basketball players out of Charlotte before, and they're being very aggressive. So there's that. Xavier says morning from a rainy Twisp, Washington. Gentlemen. Oh, where's Twisp, Washington? I don't know. Is that where Twilight was based? That's that, that's called Forks, I think. I don't know. Twilight, the worst ever. Let's see. Twisp? Twisp, Washington. Twisp. Okay. Twisp Twilight. River. The Twisp River. Let's see here. They so have a house of uh, cannabis there. Well, it's <laughs> oh, it's in it's uh it's in Washington. I'm just kidding. It's uh, it's in the, uh <laughs> well that's why you don't worry. It's, it's in the it's in the central northern central part of the I mean it's in the middle of nowhere. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. I've made the yeah. drive like gosh, it was like twenty was it twenty twenty thirteen? Um uh, we flew out early, me and my boys for 24-7 sports, like landed on the 4th of July and had a, cu- a couple days in Seattle. We actually went to a Mariners game and saw Justin Smoke. How about that? Right. Uh, so I've been, I've been to Safeco Field before, but not been to Wrigley. How about that? Um, but that's what, Wrigley's kind of a running joke with me and the fiance anyway. But uh, And then we drove out to Washington State. Now, Mike Leach was in uh, the Keys at the time, so we didn't get to meet Mike Leach. We met his staff, got to see facilities. Washington State is way the heck. It's on the I, and you probably know this because of that murder situation. Unfortunately, University of Idaho. Uh, it's right it's on the border. Idaho border. I mean, and, but you go through it, and I, I took like these immaculate pictures from my iPhone four from inside the car of all these beautiful rolling meadows and sunflowers and stuff. And you see these photographers out there taking those pictures. That's where they take the pictures for like the calendar. With like the big sunflowers and meadow and all that, I didn't realize that. But uh, it's beautiful during the summer, uh, at least when I went out there. But it is a hall, and there is nothing. I mean, it is uh, nothing. And so, uh, it's an interesting state because you kind of see Seattle in the mountainous kind of area around there, and then it just flattens out to this prairie, goes all the way to the Idaho border. Um, and I actually did go to the University of Idaho and took a picture in front of their uh, stadium, which looks like a big aluminum agricultural uh really li- livestock facility yeah it's called the kibby dome or something or not maybe not the kibby some kind of dome but anyway that was well, i'll tell you what man the university like university of wyoming's football facilities i'll i'll, I'll put some pictures up in the background one day because we we got a there's a guy who lives here in the low country when i was on espn that used to listen to my show and he heard me say one day i was going to wyoming because i've got in-laws in laramie and um his brother was coaching football there. And he said, hey, I can set you up with my brother. You want to go on a tour of the facilities? I was like, sure. And they had just built this $40 million uh, football facility and all this stuff. I sat in Josh Allen's locker. and and um, But there we went up upstairs, like in the press box. Wyoming's football facilities, 
got to be some of the nicest, if not the nicest group of five stuff in the country. I mean, it is unbelievably beautiful. Uh, so it's just interesting. To, you know, you, I, I think, but Idaho, they're, they're FCS, right? They're not group of five. They're FCS. Yeah, uh, they yeah. drop back down. They drop no. down, right? No. Yeah, the Vandals? Yeah, they did. They drop yeah, down, I, in, I, they I, drop I down in football, right? To FCS. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mac met with LSU. It's over. By the way, it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter if you t- try to cheat or not. Like, if you win, you always get a job. Will Wade's back. Like he said, oh, yeah, McNeese, McNeese State. State hired him, and yeah. Chris Beard got hired at Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, what are what are we doing here? You know, let's. Why don't we just go to the, uh, you know, the local pen and hey, has anybody here ever coached basketball? Well, I have. What'd you do? I killed three people. You know what? You're hired. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get who's it? Dave Bliss from Baylor. One of his players killed another player and and buried him in a field, and they covered it up. Let's just go hire him. Yeah. Nice. What's your tangential body count? All right. Well, that's good enough for us. Uh, <laughs> you, you fit that under our, you know. I mean, not to uh, make light of this, but I mean, it, you know, it just. It just you know, Tristan says, uh, Tristan, of course, from a couple of painters, one of our sponsors. Good morning, Gamecocks. Yeah. You reference comedians a good bit. Who are y'all's favorite comedians? His top five is Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, Mark Normand, Theo Vaughn, and Shane Gillis. And I, I wrote mine down. Eddie Murphy. Right here. Eddie Murphy's tied uh, down there. Uh, kind of the, Like old school Eddie Murphy? Old school Eddie Murphy would definitely so be up there. Ron, Ron White's probably my number one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cat Williams would be my top five. Jim Jeffries. Uh, Rodney Carrington. Uh, and then old school type uh, Eddie Murphy stuff is really funny. I mean, there's more. I, I sort of not, – not everybody likes Jim Gaffigan. I like Jim Gaffigan. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Henry Cho. <laughs> uh, Ron White's delivery a, is just irreplaceable, man. It is. He retired. Like this is allegedly his last tour. We'll see how long that stays in place. But uh, he got out. But um, yeah, all those guys, uh, I think, are, are, are pretty funny. I tell you, who does a funny stand-up? You wouldn't think of it was uh, Tim Allen. Yeah, and. Yeah. I, I, I once had the pleasure of seeing Joan Rivers do stand-up. Uh, oh. Ex-wife taught me to do it because she liked that uh, fashion police show on E. Remember that torture that we all had to live through? Those of us that, you know. I've, but uh, so we're in Vegas, and she's like, Joan Rivers. And I'm like, all right. And you walk in, the whole theater's pink, and you're like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And she is hilarious. She's very – she or was. She unfortunately died after having plastic surgery, which is weird, but, uh, uh, or just like how she was meant to go out. I don't know, but, uh, hilarious. I mean, like she, she goes on and on she's like, she keeps saying, I'm going to get to the, we get to the show here in a second, but she goes off on all these tangents. Um, she was funny. So I like stand up comedy. Um, if I could ever have more discipline, I could probably piece together something that at least would make some people laugh. But cause people ask me about that sometimes. I, Hopefully, she and no, Anthony Rose is not back. Uh, I know he I tweeted that, something yeah, that said no. he's back. I think he, but uh, uh, he, he's not. He's, he's not, not back. back. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did see. Uh, oh, thanks, Brian. Yeah, yeah, we love Maggie. We're we're up there all the time. We we love it. And Maggie I was just Valley, sitting here. 
three of my top five comedians are dead. Or should we just pick live ones? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, they can still make you laugh if they're not around anymore. So I'm like, I was just looking at this. It's like this Uh, is terrible. George, George Carlin, and Robin. Yeah, Pryor, Carlin, Robin Williams, all Richie Pryor. Yeah, if you want to get in, if you want to get into it, I mean, I I, I just kind of was thinking to recently retire. Yeah, we could do this. Who has a chance to maybe have a special on Netflix coming out? You know, but yeah, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. I mean, those are legends, though. Yeah, it's like you know, but I mean, hey, you ask somebody who's your favorite president. You know, people may say, "Oh, well, these George guys. Washington." Yeah, but you go back to George Washington. You know, it, it, it's something else. It's kind of one of those loaded yeah. questions. You can't, you can't even um, answer that question anymore, JC. You're racist and everything else. So you get, yeah, no, no, you can't oh say anything God, about yeah, anybody. About yeah, treading yeah. lightly. Yeah, I, know. I, I knew so my I had man, to leave he, a comedian off my list for uh, some of that. <laughs> uh, I knew I my man, you all. You all would come through Idaho does play in the Kibbe Dome. So Kibbe Dome. That right. Kibbe Dome. Yeah, that's the Kibbe right. Dome. Uh, James says, are any thoughts on UNC declining the NIT? I think it's an awful look. I do, too. Uh, I, agree. I think that it's it, it's arrogant in a lot of ways. Uh, I know they're disappointed. I have – I and not everybody agrees with me. I, I think the ACC sort of got screwed a little bit uh, by the way they pick the NCAA tournament these days and – uh, I don't like it. Did Clemson get me. screwed? Clemson. I thought Clemson got screwed. I'll be I honest. I I think uh, you know not that Gamecock fans should not take joy in essentially knocking them out. Yeah. But that game was what that was before they played the football. It was in November, man. I mean, it's the second uh, game of the and, year. And that's the thing with the net and how they do it now. They'll count those games in November against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think. If you want to count the whole schedule, fine. Move the damn schedule back. We have there's too much like it, it, it like there's about eight schools that care at that point for basketball, you know, and that's it. You know, if you're not if you're also play football, um, man, that's football season. You, you look at some of these teams that end up being really good teams, and um, shoot, man, they're like uh, it's football season. There's like twenty people in the arena. They're playing some upstart mid-major that's jacked out of their mind. The, the kids don't care. They're just jacking up shots. And, and you, you can tell, especially in the SEC. Um, but, of course, the SEC ended up with uh, eight bids, which is pretty dang strong. Uh, yeah. But even at that, A&M, I thought, got completely screwed. A&M, A&M was one of the best teams in the country over the last month. Yeah, that was um, that, that was the one seven? that stuck out, stuck out to me. I the was seven like, seed. No. Finishing yeah, second in the SEC, like you're everybody's talking about the SEC being the second best league in the country to the Big 12. They get more bids than the Big 12, but yet the second best team in the league isn't any better than a seven seed. I mean, had they shown better in the in the conference title game yesterday, would that have made a difference? I don't think so. I think if they if they won the game, they probably knew they were gonna bump them to a five seed or something. But if they lost it, no matter what the score was, they probably already had them stuck at a seven. I mean, this thing I know, is dumb. yeah, this thing and that's is dumb. Just, yeah, two it seems pre to seems a little predetermined to me, especially after the screw job they got last year. Yeah, where I thought they should have made it. And I, I think, and, and like people are going to come back at it with metrics and stuff. I think those those things are fine as a, like a determining, you know, if you. But I, I don't think. I mean, metrics are metrics. Winning and losing to me is still more important, and actually, how you're playing at the end does matter. Uh, but anyway, that's yeah. kind of crazy. Uh, Dave Chappelle would be another guy that I would have on my list. Uh, yeah, 
Bill Cosby himself is one of the funniest stands I've ever. Bill Cosby, though, after hearing Jim Jeffries and Eddie Murphy eviscerate him, <laughs> and then that Jello pudding pop. You're gonna go get the Jello pudding pop. <laughs> you cannot say filth, Florin filth to people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I called up Richard Price. Like, tell, tell him to eat a Jello pudding pop and shut the. <laughs> tell him to have a he said, he said, you tell him to have a coke and a smile and shut the up. <laughs> you the people uh, and the fainting up to condemn the man. great Jello pudding pop. We do need to hit our final time out. Let's do that. And re recuperate. Uh, hang tight. Inside the game, guys, from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who's born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. 
Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Here we are, final segment of the first hour. Of course, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, Coldwell Banker Kane Realty, 414-5271, 864-414-5271 to get in touch with Cindy. And Express Sunrooms sponsors the show. John B. at ExpressSunrooms.com. Shoot them an email and see how they can bring some more sunshine into your life this summer. I, I, you know, looking at the bracket, by the way, y'all, y'all get the email I sent you with the, the t- tip times and the, yeah, like the yours had all the times on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, w- looking at the bracket this morning and looking at it again, like, you know, y'all mentioned the net ranking. So Clemson's 60th in the net rankings, which is an end all be all. But, you know, you hear most when you, when you enter, when they interview uh, the committee. And the committee kind of gives their, you know, why, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? You know, whatever it is, they always, they always lump quad one and quad two together. Have you ever noticed that? And so when you look at Clemson, seven and uh, six uh, combined, quad one, quad two, Clemson's bugaboo, while they had 16 wins in quad three and quad four, they had four losses in quad three and quad four, and two of those were quad four losses. Uh, You know, South Carolina, Loyola, Louisville, those are bad, bad losses. So I get it. But then, you know, that you bring in something interesting here. Like, think about Mike Boynton's Oklahoma State team. So they're 43rd in the net rankings, right? They didn't get in because apparently they lost too many games. but they, They were only 18 and 15, maybe a win or two shy of the tournament. However, of the 12 of the 15 losses, 12 of those were quad one. They played 18 quad one games. And then you add that to quad two, they played 24 quad one and quad two games and their record was 10 and 14. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm just, I don't really understand a lot of it. Um, I guess, you know, these teams would get in if there weren't automatic bids from every league in the country, obviously. But, like, it's just hard for me to understand how a team like Oklahoma State maybe doesn't get into the – yeah, it's about winning the games. I get it. Like, you got to win games. But they also played 18 games. And then you got a team like Oral Roberts, who, while they won 30 games this year, they they had one quad one or quad two victory. Like, it's crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's my point. And, you know, Oklahoma State got screwed last year, too, with the, the BS uh, probation. Uh, Brett McMurphy, who, by the way, uh, really good reporter, but definitely loves loves him some Oklahoma State. I think that's where he went to school. Uh, he pointed out that Oklahoma State got screwed two years in a row by the NCAA. So, um, I got that. And, you know, and look, we can debate this all day. By the way, Craiger started a bracket challenge for the show. Oh, um, nice. I just sent the email to Jamie and Phil. I've already signed up. Phil, if we could put that in the chat box. Craig, how we much do we win if it. we win? Just just playing for Tim. I'll tell you what, I'll put up the prize. I'll, I'll put up a, a nice prize, right? Prize pack. Watch Clint win again. <laughs> so this isn't, uh, this isn't something like you're quick on the draw to answer though this is a it'll be a nice prize pack I'll, I'll get some stuff from meredith and send you some stuff and maybe even throw in a little gift card or something for the winner how about that uh yeah. to somewhere 
So okay. we'll see. But yeah, if you guys uh, join up and, and play, we'll play. We'll update it. And we'll make fun of everybody who's losing, which will probably be me. Because oh. I'll, I'll fill out my bracket, then I'll go back and forth because I like to do each individual game and do parlays and stuff. And I'll chase my mind three times between now and, and the day. So yeah, um, I, I will yeah. say I, I screwed my trip up to the mountains. I was texting with my buddy on Friday who his in-laws own the house right below where my family's house is. And he said, you want to come back up this coming week? And I was like, no, I can't. He said, well, we're going to go up and uh, spend Thursday and Friday at the casino for March Madness. Damn. Yeah, I that's that so up. much fun, dude. When you yeah, get, I I, I've been to Vegas before. I went, we went like three years in a row, me and my buddies from my lifelong buddies, I call them. Lo- loads of fun, even though we did stay at Circus Circus the first time, which is a, uh, a rat Ooh. hole. It's still so, spamming a, our. Uh, it's a pretty long. I just yeah, uh, I just spammed there. our. Uh... <laughs> the chat box is been is exploded. Careful, gentlemen. Uh, Don't open this in so, front of your wives. Email, anyway, yeah. yeah. Send us an email to inside the gamecocks at gmail.com and gmail.com we'll, we'll make sure we can, get you hooked up there. If you, if you don't catch it there, but uh, encourage everybody to join and there will be a prize. I was told there'd be punch and pie. There will be punch and pie. So <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm quoting the South Park today. Nobody uh, comes anyway. punch and pie. Yeah. I, did, anyway. I, know, I know we're at the uh, at the end here. I did I, I did want to squeeze this in because I somebody earlier, I, I mentioned that I was watching Mayans. I don't know who said that. And they said uh, they couldn't. I think it might have been 76. He said he couldn't get into Mayans. I, I couldn't either. After Sons of Anarchy, I tried to watch Mayans. And after like the first six or seven episodes, I was I, I shut it down because you just you can't you can't recreate Sons of Anarchy. And they weren't trying to. But then my then I kept hearing you, you just you got it. Just trust us. Trust us. Trust us. All right, well, now I'm halfway through or almost to the end of season two. Put it this way, Sons of Anarchy's back in the picture, and uh, I'm glad I got back on board. Mayans is worth it. You just got to gotta stick through season one. There you go. So a lot of shows are like that. Stick through season one, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, really, Clint, sometimes it's the first episode. Clint's picking Texas or Arizona to win. I'm going to give you my dark horse to make the final four. When we come back. When we come back. That's, that's called a teaser. Teaser. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tennessee. Oh. Because we got to get, we got to break down the women's bracket with Keith. So We do. Tennessee. I bet, I bet Keith has a dark horse. Or two. Keep an eye on Penn State, man. Boy, they're fun to watch in that Big Ten tournament. Coach is a candidate mm. at Notre Dame to take that job. Mm. Mm. Hour one in the books. Keith Allsep coming up on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hot skillet with a little oil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team down there to talk about a potential patio or porch enclosure for you. And, of course, being as though it is about noon on a Monday, we're joined now by Keith Alsep of Gamecock Pod Daily, Gamecock Pod Live, every Wednesday right after our show. And he is on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. Sorry, Mary, meant to get that in first. Let's <laughs> sing. She's so kind enough to uh, provide us with a channel for us to bring guests on. Keith? So, who you like in the uh, women's tournament? I'm guessing uh, probably Iowa or UConn, right? Hey, guys. It's great to be with you. And uh, you definitely need to get the sponsor's name in if she's paying for the segment. No doubt. <laughs> Sonny, the greatest thing to me about this weekend was it was the third weekend in a row of baseball tournaments out here. And it's over. And I survived. So, <laughs> What's the weather like out there? So the weather's not been bad, but we had a couple umpires go down. One's wife got COVID, so I wound up doing five games on Thursday. Oh, so it was you that we saw in the no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that that guy has the slightly darker pigmentation uh, than I do, so. I, I mean, that's just another example of ugh. like in the Georgia 6A championship game where the jackass comes in from the on the goal line calling touchdown and the guy was tackled on the one and a half yard line. I mean, really? It's bad, man. That was bad. So, man. I mean, he, you know, one, it's like in any profession, you know, there's a few people that ruin it for everybody else and gives you a bad name. You know, kind of like 
police, right? Like, thank God for the police. I mean, we need the police. Most police officers are great police officers. They don't, you know, put their knee on the back of somebody's neck for nine minutes and 48 seconds or whatever. But any at any rate, I didn't mean to, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, that was, that was like, if you, you miss a call. So I, here, here's what I'd be interested to know about. And we're not going to spend all day on this, Keith, because South Carolina is one of those basketball teams about to win another national championship. So we want you to tee us up for that. But I'd like to know how, how the game was going prior to this. By the way, Bill Gunner told me this morning while I was on with him. He, the guy he asked, was ready to go home. That's yeah, how like, the game was going. That like, guy was re- ready to go home. Well, was he was he inconsistent throughout the game? Was he not? You know, you had, you get the bad call there. You do you, the get the guy in the batter's box did do what everybody's doing these days. All of a sudden, this became acceptable. I don't like it. Did show up an umpire. It was a terrible call. Um, my thing with that, Keith, and you're an umpire. If you get shown up, you give them you give them you give them one you give them one. Hey, look, this is the only time you're gonna do it. Someone else does it. I'm running you. You're out of here. You know, so if that was the first time that had happened, you give him a warning, you don't do that, you know, what he did there. And he did get suspended. By the way, Gunner Gunner told me about this this morning. Did, he, did either y'all, did anybody here know what happened in games two and three in that series? I have no idea. I was, I was essentially a zombie <laughs> yesterday. So. All right. I'll tell you what happened. Game two, they that team that got beat in game one lost thirty-five to three. <laughs> and, and, and game well, three, seven touchdowns on field like, goal, huh? Like twenty to three. <laughs> so you know, they Friday night was that was nothing, man. It's one but you bad still ball. can't just make stuff up at that level. Okay, you know no, it's on me. No, it's knowledge. Okay, like I can give you an example. Awful. Tuesday night, uh, me and another veteran, well, really the guy that brought me in the chapter and taught me a lot, we were doing a 6A varsity game together with one of the top five 6A programs probably in our area and absolutely the worst 6A program in our area. I mean, they would get run ruled by a lot of teams' freshman teams. I have four bruises on my body from being hit five times in the first two inning by the catcher. Oh, God. Because he couldn't get his glove up. I mean, I wonder, you know, hey, uh, if you had some Viagra, could you get it up? I mean, at least I didn't get hit in the face three times like I did in the taps private school tournament. But anyway, so none of their pitchers can even come close to getting it over the strike zone. It's like 14 to nothing, and the other team is giving up outs. Like they're – they have the bases loaded with one out, and they just send the runner home. He stops so the catcher can pick up the ball and come back and tag him out and then throw to third base and get the guy who's standing three feet off the third base bag just to get out of an inning. That wasn't even the fifth inning. The fifth inning, I basically had to make up something to get out of it. But 
that's high school baseball and nobody wants to be there on a school night until after midnight. And that was what was going to happen if you had a regular strike zone. Mm-hmm. And so it happens, but you can't do that in college. I mean, you just can't. No. I mean, if it's a borderline pitch or a banger on the bases and, you know, you're nuancing to try to mercifully uh, end the game. But you can't, you just can't do that in college. So on a broader note, I will say Friday I was in a tournament that had three of the top 10 teams in the state of Texas and the number one catching prospect in America, Blake Mitchell, no relation to our Blake. Uh, his team is Senton, S-I-N-T-O-N, Senton High School. They're from down in the Rio Grande Valley. They came up to Dripping Springs, which is just south of Austin. This guy committed to LSU when he was uh, a sophomore, uh, but he will be a millionaire in June. He is the number one rated catcher in America, and I've never seen a guy with a hose like that, dude. I mean – I mean, he only frames the pitches that you need to frame, and he can throw anybody out at any time. Don't be sleeping. I mean, this guy, Blake Mitchell, Senton High School, they're the 4A reigning state champs. They'll win it again this year. Uh, they are loaded. Yeah, I just pulled him up, actually. Catcher, right-handed pitcher, shortstop. So he's a catcher. Yeah. Bats left. Throws right. Somebody uh, somebody on an interstate. What was that? Keith is preparing for takeoff. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not from from the house. There's no grass to be cut here. Somebody live from I. uh, I It's not in my house. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I don't know what that was. Hold on. No, it's coming. I muted. It's coming from this. Keith, does your computer have a box fan on its processor? No, (laughs) not that I'm aware. (laughs) Uh, That was one of those weird things. All right. So, Keith, the uh, women's tournament brackets out. Obviously, we kind of waited to discuss it to get you on here. I'm sure you have some thoughts. I just look at that. I was kind of surprised Stanford's on the same side of the bracket as Carolina. I, I think it's a relatively challenging uh, regional with, uh, you know, Notre Dame and, and Maryland and UCLA. Uh, the game guys have to go through them, obviously, maybe, as long as they make it there. But, uh, you know, your thoughts on that uh, and how the selection committee performed. I, one thing I did not like was LSU having – dropping to a three. I know they hadn't played anybody, but uh, I sort of thought they deserved at least a two. But uh, your thoughts? I didn't really think they deserved a two because they got beat by the only decent teams they played. I mean, we talked about that non-conference schedule. You know, they got drilled by South Carolina, and then they got beat by Tennessee uh, in a rematch that went to overtime in the SEC tournament. I'm astounded – that Stanford is a one seed. I really didn't 
think they deserved it. I would have given it to Iowa probably because they beat Indiana, even if it was at Iowa, who is the number two overall seed. I think Stanford got it basically off their reputation and the talent on their roster. And uh, I also thought South Carolina got the most difficult two seed. Like Iowa is a two seed, so I guess it's the second toughest two seed uh, in Maryland. Notre Dame is a great mystery because of Olivia Miles. She was injured. I think it's either in the first round of the ACC tournament or maybe it was uh, the last regular season game. She's very questionable uh, for the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, you got UCLA, who you played one time before already. They stuck them as the four in your regional. I don't really understand that. Uh, but I think, you know, Maryland – and Notre Dame, if Olivia Miles is healthy, that's really a hell of a game. And, you know, on the other side, I think I'm picking NC State to beat LSU in the second round. Keith, I, I heard something interesting yesterday. I I'm really sorry, they would not play in the second round. I'm, uh, I didn't have it pulled all the way down. NC State and Utah. So yeah, I'm I'm picking NC State to beat Utah in the second round. I'm just not a believer in all of these Pac-12 schools that have been beaten up on each other. So let me ask you this, because uh, one of those Pac-12 schools, as you just mentioned, is UCLA, whom South Carolina could see, and and as the as it's set up right now, more than likely will see in the Sweet 16 up in Greenville. All right, so that'd be the second time that they'd see the Bruins this year. And then, of course, if they can clear that hurdle, there's a chance that they'll see Maryland uh, in the Elite Eight with a chance to go to the Final Four, which would, as we know, be the second time they, they saw the Terps, whom they beat earlier in the season by 25 points. But last night in coverage of the women's bracket, I, I want to say it might have been Carolyn Peck that made this, this comment. If it wasn't – oh, no, I think it was Andrea Carter. And she mentioned – um, that generally when the Gamecocks get a second look at a team, it's even worse for that team the second the second time through. Would you would you agree with that? And and how would you how would you compare where UCLA and Maryland are now compared to where they were when Carolina played them? So in the regular season, I would definitely agree with that. I think here's the thing with Maryland. Their best player was injured and did not play. Diamond Miller two years ago was the Big Ten player of the year. Uh, then she was injured. She missed last year. She was still ramping up, coming back, kind of like Kara Fletcher. And she had tweaked uh, her leg. And so she did not play. And so I think Maryland is a completely different animal if South Carolina faces them in the Elite Eight because you didn't play with Diamond Miller and Maryland had some transfers, some younger players. That game was in November. November to March is a completely different deal. I mean, look how much better Camila Cardoso is. Look how much better Raven Johnson 
is. Look how much better Brie Beal is in February and March than November. So, you know, every, every team's different. I think South Carolina's just gotten stronger. Uh, you know, Letitia here has gotten a lot better. She's played a bigger role. And I think the only team that can beat South Carolina is South Carolina. South Carolina is going to have to bring a B or C or D effort in a game for somebody to beat them, unless there's major injuries, God forbid. I, I do think it's South Carolina the field. I like Indiana. I like Iowa. I still like Indiana a little bit better. Everybody's intrigued with UConn because it's UConn and it's AZ FUD. They really don't have very much depth at all still with her and Ducharme. I guess maybe that gives them eight instead of six players. Uh, Ducharme, not the most physical player. I do like UCLA, though. They're really good. They came into Colonial Life Arena. They played South Carolina. I mean, they had the lead in the third quarter. You know, Stanford probably has the second-best roster in the country, but for whatever reason, they've just not played that well. Maybe they're waiting for the tournament. I mean, that to me, that's the exceptionalism of Dawn Staley is she had the defending national champs, and they could have gotten complacent. They could have kicked a few games around. They could have not brought it. But they didn't. When it was time to win, when it was winning time, they won, whether it was at Stanford, whether it was against Ole Miss in overtime, whether it was against UCLA. I mean, those were only the really the three times they were really pushed. Well, Georgia, at Georgia, was tight till about the end of the third quarter or maybe the beginning of the fourth quarter. And I think Mississippi State hit a three at the buzzer to cut it from 10 to seven. So, yep. I mean, there was only really like three games where South Carolina was really pushed and they, they won because they are better. They are, they have better players. They have more players and they have great coaching. Keith, would you have had Virginia as a, as a one? To me, that one kind of came out of nowhere, but I think J.C. was basically because nobody else in the ACC wanted it. Louisville kind of had a down year. North Carolina and NC State fell off. Duke, I think, or Notre Dame, you know, were probably the best two teams in that conference all season long and then Olivia Miles gets hurt and Duke gets upset in the tournament and Virginia Tech you know as we all know when you have a good team and then you win a tough league conference championship you generally get rewarded and I think they got rewarded and plus I think after like it's South Carolina and then it's Indiana and then it's Basically, maybe I, I thought Iowa probably should have been a one seed instead of Stanford, but 
Stanford does probably have a better roster. They just haven't played like it in the regular season. Can can Tennessee beat Virginia Tech? Yes, they can. I I, I like Tennessee. Look, they. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I picked Tennessee. I thought when Tennessee upset LSU, I thought the Vols, because of the tradition, because of the big crowd that they would draw, Mm -hmm. they would end up on the four line and not be a five and have to travel. And they do have really good players. I mean, Rakia Jackson and and Jordy Horston – I mean, they're probably two of the top five players in the Southeastern Conference. Well, they got a chance to uh, meet Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16 in uh, Seattle. So, boy, boy, that Carolina. You know what? Man. There'll still be a bunch of Lady Vols. There'll be a bunch yeah. of Orange there. Car- yeah. Car- Carolina is definitely uh, what UConn once was. Oh, there you go from Columbia to Greenville. You know, they're not to go anywhere. <laughs> you got that. Uh, you got the, the women, they the women's have that game. East Hartford. Yeah, they East always Hartford, have that yeah. East Hartford uh, always. regional. Yeah. Always. Yeah, man. Ne- never south of like Philadelphia. Never south of Philadelphia. Nope. Nope. Yeah, so, right. sometimes somewhere in, in like Albany, New York, I think they had to go one yeah. time. Yeah. Hell, hell, they just put Tennessee was rolling. They just put it in Knoxville every year. Yeah, every year. Yeah, every year. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. All right, so uh, who, who, who's, who's, aside from Carolina, who's in your final four? I think Indiana. I thought they were probably the second best team on the women's side over their entire body of work. Man. Um All right, so that's the top half of the bracket. I'm going to say Stanford because it's tournament time, but I I am going to have the popcorn ready for Stanford and Iowa if that is an Elite Eight game. Yeah. Well, you could have Tennessee and UConn in the Elite Eight as well for with a berth for the Final Four on the line. That'd be something. And then, man, I don't know. I mean, that Virginia Tech region, I mean, can you really pick Ohio State after they got beat by like 40 in the semifinals of your conference tournament? I've got a feeling that coming out of that that Virginia Tech Maybe UConn. Yeah, I, I got a feeling it's going to be Tennessee or UConn. One of those two is going to escape. I don't think Virginia Tech is going to make it to the Final Four. If AZ Fudd is really healthy with uh, uh, the rest of their team, I just don't think there's really any tough physical teams outside of Tennessee and their regional. Those are the teams that give UConn trouble, is teams that can really guard – and are tougher and have a, you know, legitimate post presence. And, you know, if, if Tamari Key was healthy for Tennessee, I'd probably pick Tennessee because I think Tennessee would probably be a two or three seed in that regional if she was healthy. Tommy Key's also. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Nope, you got Sorry. it. 
Uh, no, no, no. I, I was going to one more question uh, about this, uh, about the women's bracket and all that. Um, so, so you always kind of look and you look around the, the SEC and some teams that made it that, that maybe upstarts uh, like an Ole Miss this year. Alabama made it. I thought, you know, just kind of reading about them, they're pretty good, kind of on the rise. But you also look, Keith, and you see Texas and Oklahoma are both in the tournament. You know, those two teams are going to be in the league in a couple of years. You know, kind of just talk about their impact women's basketball-wise and uh, all that. I know on the men's side that they're coming from what I consider to be right now the best conference in the country in the Big 12. But uh, both the Horns and the Sooners have long-storied histories uh, in the women's game. And uh, just kind of uh, speak to that and – uh, what kind of a bloodbath this league may become even more here in a couple of years. I mean, JC, just as the Big 12 may have been the best men's league in the country, I think it was the worst women's league in the country. Gotcha. Honestly, uh, the American athletic in women's basketball is better overall than uh, the Big 12. I mean, it's just really down with Mulkey leaving Baylor. It's Texas, Oklahoma, and everybody. I mean, Iowa State is a solid program, very fundamentally sound, just not very athletic. They will have one of the best players in the tournament in Ashley Jones, J-O-E-N-S uh, is how she spells her name. Um I'm just not a big believer in that league. And I think if South Carolina gets Texas or Oklahoma, they're going to slaughter either one of them. I think they're going to do that to everybody that they play. I, I just, I, I don't, I mean, not golly, I hope I don't jinx them, but I don't think I, they're the best team in the, they're the best team in the tournament and they turn it up a notch every time they're in this thing. And, and there's a group of girls here. This is the last chance to play at South Carolina. I don't see any way that they're. It's going to be. It's going to be rough for the first couple of rounds for whoever runs into the Gamecocks. Uh, we know uh, that uh, two o'clock on Friday, Norfolk State will get the first crack at it. And Keith, I don't know if Norfolk State will score thirty points in the game. To be honest with you. I yeah, like they, they showed them, and they were all jumping up and down, and my thought was, congratulations, you're getting ready to get beat by 70. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. I mean, like How Howard last year. Yeah. I think, did they have over six points at halftime? I don't even no. think they did. What, did they have four? Wasn't it four points at halftime or something? Yeah, I think it was four. Yeah, it was something awful, and you know what's going to happen again. <clears throat> just And that's what I love is everybody's like, oh, it's defense versus defense. I was like, nah, you're about to see a clinic and no. what defense looks like against a lesser <laughs> yeah. opponent here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, South Carolina, I mean, look, you re they really get better when they bring in, you know, when they sub and they bring in Cardoso to play with Boston, and then you have L.A. out there. As well, I mean, it's South Carolina will have to beat South Carolina. I do think Stanford has the roster to compete. That would will definitely be a compelling semifinal. And then if you get Indiana and South Carolina, I mean, look, it's not the best two out of three or like in the, you know, 
NBA, every playoff series is four out of seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just took like the top, I don't know, ever how many like make the playoffs in the NBA and play best of five in the first round and then best of seven, South Carolina would definitely win. But I mean, in a tournament with one game, you know, any anything can happen, except we know this, North Carolina ain't going to be playing in the men's tournament. First time ever, a number, uh, the a team that played for the national championship and was preseason number one, never made the tournament. And hello, Brad Brownell, welcome back to the NIT, courtesy of Lamont Paris and the Gamecocks. Gamecocks knock Clemson out of the college football playoff and out of the NCAA tournament. And we beat them in baseball two out of three also. Been a heck of a year. And slaughtered them them in women's basketball. Their women actually beat Virginia Tech earlier this year. Clemson's did. That was one of Virginia Tech's four losses. That's why I was kind of just looking at it. So the uh, the guy at Virginia Tech is the first African American coach to win the Atlantic Coast Conference. Awesome! Wow, he's got a good group. He's got a good group. Um, all right, wrap it up with Keith uh, real quick. One minute uh, left before we got to get into a break. Keith, give us uh, just uh, two of your main keys for spring football practice, which just get started tomorrow. JC, I think the biggest thing is identifying edge rushers. And number two, I mean, I hate to sound like Will Muschamp, but it's a a line of scrimmage league. And that's finding uh, your five starters, your best guys. And especially when you're replacing three starters that started 30-something or 40-something, you know, football games. Regardless of what people thought about Eric Douglas, he started, you know, 30-something consecutive games. I'm really intrigued by the battle at center. And with Case and Henry being out for spring, to me, I mean, that Tyshawn Wanamaker, maybe uh, Big uh, uh, Sydney, uh, Big Fugar. Mother Fogar uh, is in the mix there. Yeah, he, um, he's got three more. I, didn't, I guess it just dawned on me today when I was checking the roster. He's got three more years. I mean, Fugar's not a not an older, older guy. He's, he's got a, a ways to play, which I think is very positive. Yeah, I mean, so you you got Jalen Nichols at left tackle returns, Ja'Kai Moore, who's played right tackle, left tackle, and then settled in at left guard. He's back if you have Gargiulo uh, at center and then – Vershawn Lee or Trey Jones at right guard and then Wanamaker or Fugar or Kaysen Henry when he comes back. I mean, to me, that kind of looks like who it'll be. John Darius Morgan is a guy, JC, you and I were both very high on. I think it's time to see, you know, what he looks like this spring as well. Yeah, Edge rushers and OL. All right. Yep, I mean, because you ain't going to find any more running backs than what you already got. I mean, you got what you got. Yeah, that's going to have to come in uh, the end of April when the portal opens back up. All right, Keith Alsep, who, who do you got on the, the live stream this week, man? Tell us about it. Um, 
to be determined at spring break. And so a lot of people are scattered, covered and smothered, kind of like a Waffle House uh, hash browns. Hash browns. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right, that sounds good, man. All right, thanks, Keith. We appreciate you. He joins us each and every hey, Monday. I, I got cold. Tennessee as a sleeper for the Final Four as well. I'm a huge Rick Barnes guy, but the Kelvin Sampson redemption, don't be surprised. Did you look at my bracket that I just filled out? I have not looked at your bracket, <laughs> JC. I'm not I in the next just... I just didn't go into the next room <laughs> and peek at it. Wow, I literally said Tennessee is my sleeper for the Final Four. But think about this since the weekend because nobody's been, nobody's talking about Tennessee, but they're a really good team. Defensively, it's a very hard matchup. Uh, kind of you know, lost to Missouri or whatever. That's the type of team that usually makes a run. And then with Houston, I got a chance to watch them. Uh, they did lose this for some reason. They lost to Memphis in the final. I watched them against Cincinnati. Yeah, one of their very, best players was out. But, yeah, great basketball team, and the Final Four just happens to be in Houston. So I picked Houston to win in my bracket. Of course, I'm going to maybe change it two or three times between now and that. <laughs> you know, now and we get started for real Thursday. But, wow, that's interesting you said that, man. I was just like, wow. I mean, Wade South Blinks. Carolina could have had Kelvin Sampson Many twice, times. three times. <laughs> he was one of those guys that was always in the mix. Never got the job. So, cold hard truth every single Monday with Keith Allsep. We'll be back after these messages inside the Gamecast. The show rolls on on a Monday. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game pops. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low cost, one price solution that will get you running right. 
Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. Thompson chases it at the wall. It's gone! It's going to be out of here! To the warning track. Leaps and makes the catch. That ball is way back. That ball is way back. That ball is way gone. And you can put spurs on this one. So how about another crowd boys of summer? Wingo in his yard cost. I said, how about another and another? Really excited about that. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 one of my favorite things is joking with scott wingo because he is so easy to to get i'm i'm glad we uh glad we can have some fun at his expense around here That's i love that rejoin yeah. <laughs> I, I like that song it's catchy we got patrick davis we got michael haney music teed yep. up every day right? patrick uh i think pat patrick will be on next Either this week, either end of this week or, or early next week, because Sweet. N- next Friday is his show in Charleston. If you're in the Low Country, the 24th, that Friday night at the Riviera, uh, make go to patrickdavismusic.com, get your tickets because uh, it will sell out. And um, it is if you've never seen him and his, it's not just big old cock. Like that's not the only song he's got. You know, like he's written hits for everybody. And um, yeah, really talented guy. His his albums and his when he's up there with the Midnight Choir, it is just I. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm an Eric Church guy. I'm not saying this because I'm you know he's a friend. None of that. He is. It's just an outstanding show. So hopefully, anybody in the Low Country will get their tickets uh, for March 24th. Uh, Sweet. Let me uh, real quick, real quick here. Uh oh shoot. No, no, I got it. There it is. I got it. It's good. Everybody calm down. I got it. Um the first four uh tomorrow night for anybody that hadn't looked at it yet, 640 on True TV. It's uh the 16 matchup, Southeast Missouri State and Texas AM Corpus Christi. I tell you what, that 9-10 tip tomorrow night is interesting, isn't it, guys? In Dayton with uh 11th seeded Pitt and 11th seeded Mississippi State. Um, didn't they play in a bowl game a couple of years ago? Or I'm a, I'm a, the Birmingham Bowl one year? I don't know. That yeah. seems like one of those Birmingham Bowl matchups. I'm, I'm not sure. So, my question to you uh, by the way, all four play in games have John Rothstein on the call as well, who just, I, I just can only take so much, but that's me. Um, so is the first four the official start of the tournament for for you two, or is this, or is it not? That's not that's not when we flew out to Vegas. Well, we flew in Wednesday night, so there are games Wednesday night, but nah, it's Thursday for me, yeah, man. Thursday, and this year it's yeah. Friday uh, or Thursday evening because I, I've got a lot to do this week, and so, uh, uh, but I do have an appointment 
after we wrap this puppy up on Friday to go hang out uh, with my boys that I hang out with every year up here uh, to celebrate at least Friday last year, Nat got off <laughs> the work off of work for it, you know? Mm. So we rock and rolled like Thursday and Friday, but no, we've so got to, I, Phil, we went to Disney next on. week. So we couldn't, we couldn't swing it around yeah. around 10 30 on uh, Friday morning. Phil, we're going to get a text. Hey guys, I've got an appointment coming up. I, I'm not going to be able to make it today. Oh, <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I hear you. Uh, all right, well, uh, we'll so we'll just be here doing our thing. Yeah, just see you the, send a uh, reply text back saying take the yeah, points. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> yeah, sure you do. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, I've got my money on uh, West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, our coverage of uh, March Madness. We can say that because it's our coverage of March Madness is powered by. Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com, powering the state of South Carolina up to 28 miles per hour when you're in pedal assist mode. Can you believe that? 28 miles per hour from the beach to the mountains, where I just was this weekend. Boy, it actually would have been nice to have one of these going around Lake Junaleska the other day. I was walking the hills with my little <laughs> girls on their bikes. I'm walking them up the oh. damn hills. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> like, I need to call Michelle and get one of them. Get one of these bikes for the next time I come up here. Magnum, uh, Velotric, and so much more at Electric Bikes of Charleston. All ages, all sizes. There's electric motors up to 750 watts. They are incredible, incredible bikes. Their service and their warranties make everything so much better. That's why people come from all over the state. It's warming up. We all know that. Make sure you check them out. Just go to their website first, electricbikescharleston.com. Call with any questions and then come to Mount Pleasant and get your bike to cruise around wherever you will be cruising around. All right. I turn it over to you, JC. I know you're about to plug something in there. Nah, yeah, I was just going to uh, say thanks to Mira. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks to Electric Bikes of Charleston and um, all that Michelle. they have us on every day. Michelle, all that, did that. almost said Meredith, did not mean that. Yeah. But yeah, Thursday to me is the start of the tournament and it's going to be fun. And uh, Quantrell, I meant to ask Keith about Rebecca Lobo. I don't know enough about women's basketball to know, but I do sense that about her. She probably doesn't like South Carolina, but keep in mind, I mean, she's like UConn through and through. Um, frankly, so is all of ESPN. I mean, you know, they, that's kind of their home. You know, you know, one of their favorite, that, that's their favorite team is UConn women. I mean, they, people accuse them of being biased against other teams. I, I think they, I don't know that they're biased, but that's their team. Right, Phil? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious there's a bias there. But at the same time, I think, you know, Lobo seems to go a little deeper than that. It's got a bit more shade to it than some of the other ones. And I wouldn't be surprised if some tell-all book comes out in the next few years about that 95-96 women's basketball team that might might be able to shed a little bit more light against why Lobo hates Staley so much. Uh-oh. Their careers and, and, you know, playing as well as – you know, post playing uh, have intertwined for gosh, almost thirty years now. So, I think it. I think it goes a little deeper than just your, you know, UConn, South Carolina, Geno versus. Well, yeah. Quantrell asks, "Isn't Ross Rothstein the guy that had the obsession with tweeting about Frank Martin?" Well, he 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 has a saying for like everybody. So, like his his tweet for Frank was incapable of submission, which. Of course, probably many around here now would probably say, well, he's pretty capable of it at this point. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just a little over the top. I, I, I do want. I, I want to. I want to ask both of you. Ask you a question because you got pro day going on right now in Columbia. Who has the most to gain right now of the guys that are working out? Who has the most to gain with with the draft right around the corner? Uh, yeah, if, if Brooks is on the list, I think I think he can get a, if he can get a better forty time, that would really help. Um, so let, let me let know, me throw something at you real quick. I was at, I I passed this question. This is a this is a pass through question because it was asked. Bill asked me this, and I I mentioned Cam Smith because he's kind of dropped a little bit, but Preston Thorne made an interesting point this morning, and he's right. He said he's been falling th- falling throughout the interview process. What do you think it is? Hmm. I'd hate to say, I I don't know. I mean, you know, Cam Smith strikes me as someone who's probably extremely honest and confident in the interview process, which to me, that would mean I want him on my team (laughs) because that's what you want that from a corner. I think, um, you know, I, I, Nate Atkins has a lot to gain. I think Christian Bill Smith has a lot to gain. You know, those two guys, uh, or, or over the radar, but you know, as far as, as Smith goes, I maybe maybe there's some things that have come up. I don't know. I still think he's a high second round pick. I think the problem has been probably that other guys are ascending with good combines. Um, like but we'll crush. see. Maybe they do. Maybe they do some one on ones today, and he's really good. But I, I think uh, I, 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 you know, if it is something that you could trace the interview process that's kind of hard to confirm and all that because you just don't know but uh they're also as we all find out from time to time guys there are also maybe some franchises that are like trashing him because they want to take him (laughs) you know what happens with the draft get him to drop down some yeah (laughs) cam smith can't cover a bucket of water oh man yeah by the way they're gonna draft cam smith first round you know beef sandwich but um, well, but we all know that happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I I don't think that you can specifically trace it, but we we know that the interview process is ongoing, and and that's kind of in the same timeline as to where he's slipped. I I don't know. It, you know, I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how high Darius Rush can can get his draft stock. I I, I just think yeah. he's. He's a guy – we we obviously have watched him develop, and, and we know his story from King Street, walk-on wide receiver. We've, we've seen what he's done here, how he's blown up under uh, Torian Gray. But the rest of the country doesn't know anything about Darius Rush. So he's one of the guys – like, it'd be like us cutting on the TV probably on day two, and you see early in, like, the second round – some corner come off the board from Washington state or, you know, like, you know, a, a major conference, but just a guy you've never heard of. And, you, and your first thought is I never heard of that guy. And and I just feel like Darius rush is going to be a guy who is going to surprise not only us here, but a lot of the country. And when he comes off the board, you're, you're going to, you know the McShays and these guys are gonna they're they're gonna start to kind of get it get his story out a little bit. We're we're you know what I mean like one of those tight moments, but now all of a sudden that moment's happening to one one of our guys at South Carolina, and uh, I got a feeling he's gonna have an outstanding NFL career. So I'll be interested to see kind of how he how he does at Pro Day today because he just there hasn't been any dips, JC. Like 
it hasn't been like oh his stock rose because he ran a four three eight forty, but then he couldn't do anything else. Like everything he's done has improved. I just yeah, he's six two he's, too. He's got length and yeah, speed. He's long, and that's, yeah. what, that's that length is very important these days, you know. Um, <laughs> that's what everybody says, at least. But uh, <laughs> at corner, especially. <laughs> um, and so I, I, you know, for a kid like that out of King's Tree, his only offer was South Carolina. Lance Thompson recruited Darius Rush and Sherrod Green. Those are his two guys. So there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, there you go. Everybody wants to hate on Lance. There you go. He had two starters, but anyway, um, really happy for him. Point there too, and all that. So uh, we're gonna. (laughs) Well, um, we'll roll back. Uh, I've got some questions in the Nana Sports chat box because we got to get another break because we got two minutes, ten minutes to go here. Um, with some some more stuff, uh, I got. uh, I do have some thoughts on some of these other guys. Uh, Greg has some questions about exit interviews with Beamer. Yep. Uh, I'll go. Ryan continues to to hype the Jayhawks. I think Ryan lives in Kansas, so rock chalk, Ryan. I think he uh, lives Ed, uh, like in their basketball gym. Yeah, he's like right there. He lives. I live under the bleachers in Allen Fieldhouse. Hello, friends. They call it. They call it the fog, right? Fog Allen Fieldhouse, yeah. Um, and Ed, to answer your question, Strawn is not going to participate in spring because he's injured. But they asked Beamer about his waiver, and he 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 kind of dismissed it and said, "Nah, he's going to be eligible." He's like, "Nobody's told me he's not," so we feel pretty good he is. So yeah. Strawn will be back next year, and that's that's very important. But it's also mm-hmm. very important for somebody to be behind Jordan Strawn. We'll see what happens with that. Anyway, while, while we go to break, because it's been mentioned here twice and I haven't seen his name, somebody reach out to Latte Lance and find out if make sure he's okay. Uh, yeah, Craiger said he did an impersonation this weekend and was like, shoot, buddy. Yeah, well, it's Monday. He, he ain't around that, you know, uh, make someone check all the all the local jails and stuff like that. And let's make sure, <laughs> make sure he didn't get locked up or something over the weekend. We'll give you two minutes to figure it out. And then uh, when we come back, hopefully we've got an answer on Inside the Gamecocks. The days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Homework is an equal housing lender in MLS 2229 L O N M L S 772182. Eddie, I want you to take me to Disney World. The horror. The horror. Calm down, calm down. 
JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cocks! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Final segment of the afternoon. Happy to have everybody back on a Monday, except for Lance. Lance, are you out there? <laughs> we miss you. Saw you posting a lot of pictures well, uh, with Jack. lattes early in the weekend, uh, buddy. Hope you're okay. <laughs> but uh, well, Lance is sleeping until Tuesday. Yeah, that's all right. Maybe he had the day off. Yeah, we never know. Or either that or it's his spring break for some reason. But uh, brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Don't forget, John Barber and his team be happy to talk to you about some more sunshine in your life. 803-446-4662. Mention you heard it here. He's willing to give you $500 extra off of your project cost. Who else have we missed here? We've got very limited time. <laughs> yeah, very limited time. But I know that J- there are a couple of questions in here for uh, JC to to mm-hmm. answer. One of them. I didn't understand the question, JC. Uh, what do you guys know about exit interviews from Beamer and his staff regarding transfer portal players represents a golden opportunity for growth in terms of recruiting your own roster? I, yeah, I, I mean, they went, They always go well. I mean, if there's an issue, that then the kids usually get in the portal. Uh, but you know what? Marshawn Lloyd's exit interview went perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Saw what happened there. Um, you know, I, I – uh, Gene Bell, I don't think maybe he got to his exit interview. Maybe he didn't. Uh, Jordan Birch's exit interview, there was no issue. Um, so I, I think, you know, but, but I think Beamer does a really good job doing that, stuff like that, though. I think that's kind of one of his strengths as a coach is that, you know, he, he's developing a relationship with, you know, just about every one of his players. Now, look. That doesn't mean you're not going to have transfers because as we just saw, people make decisions for things other than that. But mm-hmm. uh, I agree. It is a great opportunity uh, to recruit your own players. But these days, Greg, everybody's doing that all the time. It's the way college athletics is. Uh, by the way, I didn't even know uh, Georgia Tech had made a coaching change in men's basketball, which shows you how much yeah. Georgia Tech matters these days. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Josh but, out. Yeah. Damon Stoudemire. Uh, Mighty Mouse has taken that job. Interesting hire, I think. Um, maybe it's, you know, try something new in that market. Uh, it is, uh, you know, I do think with Atlanta talent, he'll have, you know, some clout because he's got an NBA background or whatever. But, you know, we'll see kind of how that goes uh, with that. So 
Uh, Damon Stoudemire, next head coach at Georgia Tech. Also, one thing we didn't mention about the draft, we're talking about the draft, is the Carolina Panthers and the Bears made a <laughs> blockbuster trade. How about that? Yeah. So, DJ Moore to the Bears. Uh, they get the ninth and 61st pick in the draft this year, the first rounder of the Panthers next year, which my opinion is it's going to be pretty good because I don't think the Panthers are going to be very good next year. Um, people in Chicago were celebrating. Like, really, like, hardcore. Because <laughs> things like that don't normally happen to the Bears. So, uh, uh, from the Panthers end of it, though, I know many of you are Panthers fans. I don't know, man. Unless unless they – because, see, C.J. Stroud's growing on me, and I'll tell you why. I can't get – I started thinking about it. This kid did throw for 348 yards against Georgia's defense. Mm-hmm. Now, he had a great supporting cast, but – in the NFL, you're going to play with pros. So, I, you know, Stroud may be growing away, but, man, they go in another direction than Stroud. Like, they use that to take Anthony Richardson. Man, that's a – hey, maybe Anthony Richardson leads him to the Super Bowl. I, I He's got that type of upside, but I just haven't seen it. And, and, and I'll say this like I did last week with Anthony. You have to think how much better would he be right now had Dan Mullen stayed at Florida with Mullen's track record with quarterbacks. But – at the same time, you know, I, if I'm the Pan- if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm like, you better not screw this up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how. Well, even even Stroud to me is not a guy I look and go Super Bowl winner or something like that. I mean, it's not a Peyton Manning type guy, Eli Manning type guy, or, or name your elite quarterback. I I just I don't know. What do you guys think? I- I, I think the know, same I mean, thing I thought about believe this whole the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> what, no, I'm with you. I know. I know where you're best. going with this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I know exactly where you're going with that. I, I, I. It's a, it's a hyped class. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, it's a hyped class. I, I don't. What? It, what? It, uh, Will Will Levis is a guy I think that has the tools, but Bryce Young has the tools. I, I just I, I, overall I, I think it's it's we're not going to know anything about this class for three or four years from now. I, I think as far as his players go, the two kids are. are, are uh, I'm sorry, one Will Anderson is originally from Georgia. That's why I keep thinking. I, 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 I think I made the mistake of saying he's from Georgia. He's from Georgia, but he played at Alabama. To me, the two SEC defenders are the sure thing. I think it's a down year at corner. I mean, they're talking about the Gonzalez kid from Oregon going in the top ten. I don't know about that, Peter. Um, and, you know, the kid from Northwestern's the top tackle. I, I think he's good. Is he, you know, I mean, I, I just, I think overall the draft class is kind of down when you talk about first rounders. I do think there's a lot of value in the middle rounds this year. You mentioned Rush yeah. earlier, yep. uh, that kind of guy. I, I think, you know, I'm surprised the kids from Clemson, like when you talk about defensive linemen, Murphy and Breesy are not slated higher. Just I because I would take, one of those guys over one of these quarterbacks just because they're, they're just better, but I don't know. You know so well, they're not uh, the power Rangers, the power Rangers. You remember the power Rangers, Phil, a few years ago, they were, they were the power Rangers. <laughs> they were what? like the, the wonder power twins. Rangers, right? Dude, y'all are winning the national championship. You're calling yourselves the power Rangers. I mean, okay. Call yourself the wonder yeah. twins form of water. Power Taking pictures yeah. in the, I did. Suits and everything for that. Yeah, yeah it was really <laughs> weird. I mean, it was just, I mean, not to whatever. 
Captain, respect um, Power Rangers. Yeah, sorry. Respect <laughs> Power Rangers. All sure. right, we got to go. Yeah. Uh, to Jan's question earlier, uh, I think Brad Brownell was safe. Uh, I don't think there's any way you can can him after the year they had. And um, Greg asked, how are the details of looking for Carolina baseball before SEC baseball? Before SEC baseball play gets underway. Uh, outside of my stat that I read earlier about the Eagles guy, uh, I'd say pretty good. I'll tell you what, boys and girls. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about playing LSU, Florida, and Vanderbilt. Uh, you can't take anybody lightly in the SEC. You can't take it lightly at all when you go to Athens, Georgia. And their top two hitters, Charlie Condon and Connor Tate, are hitting 516 and 517 with combined 54 RBI and 13 home runs. So, yeah. It's going to be a challenge. It always is down That's there. Always is. Can't, can't wait. Well, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we do have uh, superstar Hale Lunch Pale McGranahan joining Sweet. us. As That's right. Us Hale's in. Yeah. Start of spring practice is tomorrow for Carolina yep. football. The mental and, uh, edge will return the next Tuesday, by the way. We'll return yes. next give Sawyer. And if this is the first you're hearing about oh, no, it, Sawyer, I apologize. It was right up against the show stump coming on, so i got to let you know. <laughs> We're going to let Sawyer rest this week, Spurrier used to say. Yeah, we're going to let him rest. Yeah, let me, let me. Someone throw a penalty flag at Saunders only being here for six out of 120 minutes. It's, it's unacceptable. Thank you, Saunders. <laughs> all right. And, for yeah. JC and Phil and all of you, thank you so much for watching Inside the Gamecocks Painted Garden in Black by a couple of painters. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>